The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Nidhi Verma, who is the Chief People and ESG Officer at Crawford. Uh, Nidhi joins me on the line from Atlanta, Georgia this morning. Nidhi, welcome to the Insurance Coffee House. Nick, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the podcast and thank you for uh, inviting me. Absolute pleasure, Nidhi. I know we've been in discussions for a little while now, so it's really, really looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts and insights on the industry. Before we get into that, though, Nidhi, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, what's your go-to coffee of choice over there? Well, that's interesting. Here is my coffee of choice. I generally prefer a black medium roast. You know, something different is soy milk. So I like to add some soy milk to it. Generally, I'm not an everyday coffee drinker, but I have it two or three times a week, typically in the afternoons. So it can boost up my energy and get me ready for the remainder of the day. Oh, I know you have a global role, so I'm sure you need that little <laughs> perk up later in the afternoon. That's right. Nidhi, for some of our listeners not watching on video today, Nidhi's holding up a Crawford emblazoned coffee cup. Full marks for the branding today, Nidhi, for sure. Nidhi, to start us off, would you mind giving our listeners an overview, an insight into your career and what's really been the journey that's led you up to the position you're in now as, you know, as the Chief People Officer globally for Crawford? Thank you, Nick, uh, for that question. So I consider myself to be a valiant explorer of people and culture, passionate about unlocking human growth and behavior. So I have been from an education perspective, I have two master's degree, one in human resources and another one in adult learning and leadership. And I've generally used learnings and lessons from these domain areas and sprinkled it at different career stops in my journey. Early on in my career, I started off with consulting firms, Arthur Anderson, Aon Hewitt. And as you know, consulting firms can be uh, really the school of hard knocks. They give you an intense experience in a variety of things. It allowed me to be on variety of projects, from small projects to large-scale transformation, people transformation, technology transformation in a variety of industries. So technology, finance, but also over-indexing on insurance industry in variety of countries. So I've worked in India, I've worked in London for a couple of years, and then also in New York and Connecticut before moving into Atlanta about 17 years ago. After spending a number of years, significant number of years in consulting, I wanted to have, I shifted gears a little bit in my career and wanted to have more more holistic experience and witness the impact of change because consulting allows you for variety, but also velocity of circulation. So you're kind of moving in different areas and different projects. And so I moved into an internal role so I could see the value I have created, the value I've generated over a period of time with, with a singular organization. With a brief stint elsewhere, I joined Crawford nine years ago. At Crawford, I've uh, held talent, global training and development, DEI portfolios before moving into the chief people in the 
ESG officer role last year. Thank you for that. It does seem like quite a smooth career journey. I'm sure it's probably not always felt like that along the way. From moving from consulting to being you know, within the business, did you find that as quite a hard transfer, quite a hard step to take? Or was that really something that you were really sort of excited about? And like you say, seeing the impact of change, being able to witness that impact that you're having on a business. And no, you're right. I mean, I, I think it wasn't a hard change. It was different. And the way I would describe it is it's the breadth and depth experience. Consulting allowed us to have a breadth of experience in different industries, different companies. Coming into a more internal role gave me the depth of experience in one particular company. The challenges are different. The perspective is different. So it, it certainly allowed me to grow differently because of the worldviews in those two different areas. Yeah. And your careers continue to develop during your time at Crawford there, and now you're Chief People Officer, you're also ESG Officer as well. Would you mind giving our listeners a little bit of an overview of those responsibilities within those two remits? Yeah, of course. It's a global people function, which includes pretty much the entire talent lifecycle from hiring and attraction of talent to growing, developing the talent, rewarding and recognition of the talent. So it's the entire talent value chain from entry to exit. HR service delivery is a design global and deliver local. So we do have centers of excellence that are at the global level. We design programs and ensure that these programs are standardized across different geographies and scaled up across different geographies. But at the same time, we deliver locally. So we have regional HR leaders who are tied at the hip, aligned with each of the different regions and each of the different business segments. These are the folks who understand the needs and challenges of each different business segments, different geographies, and then deliver bespoke solutions in addition to the global solutions that we have. So it's kind of a nice mix there. And from an ESG perspective, as you know, the ESG construct is an evolving construct, is a fairly newer construct. We have have made significant strides, especially on the social pillar, governance pillar, on the environment side. We are continuing to grow in that area, in that space. And my charge there is to uh, formalize a game plan, a strategy around ESG, create the roadmap for how we move forward and execute on that plan. Uh, so I consider my role to be like an air traffic controller role, trying to take <laughs> off and land multiple planes all at the same time. Thank you for that. And clearly your role is on a global basis. Could you give our listeners an insight into where Crawford is as a business at the moment and the geographies that you're operating in? Overview of who we are and at a global level, what we do. So we are, for our listeners who are not familiar with Crawford, we are the largest publicly listed claims management organization. We have been in the business for 80 plus years. We have 10,000 employees across our global locations. We're operating in 70 countries and we have a really diverse portfolio of business. So just want to Give you like a drone view of some of our business segments. The first segment is our loss adjusting segment. So we have a whole army of adjusters to manage large scale damage or a minor damage. And a minor damage could be, let's say, a water leak in the bathroom or a tree fall in the backyard. And a major damage could be any of the surge events. So hurricane, a flood, tornadoes, the large weather events that happen. We also are managing complex claims. So it could be in banking or finance or cyber risk marine, construction, engineering. We have these experts in each of these domain areas who manage these high severity complexity claims. 
So that's one area of our segment. The other business segment for us is TPA or third-party administration. We deploy technology and people expertise uh, to provide comprehensive solution uh, on workers' compensation, disability claims. So a workers' compensation could be just a slip and fall in the office, for example. And then also care and case managers are on our workforce. This group provides end-to-end clinical management programs, both for our uh, claimants as well as for our insurers. And the third business segment is more around a network uh, business, a network of experts for different solutions that we offer. So we have a network of gig workers, for example, who are lookers. They can scan losses, especially if it's occurred in one of the remote locations or remote areas. Also, we have network of adjusters who can be deployed and be boots on the ground whenever there is massive catastrophe events. So these are catastrophe adjusters. And this could be uh, last year in the US, for example, we had hurricane. Ian or Winter Storm Elliot, and we deployed hundreds of our adjusters from our catastrophe staff at a very short notice, very swiftly deployed to manage some of these weather events. And the last network of experts that we have is a network of contractors. And we have uh, thousands of contractors who can be tapped into for rebuilding uh, the broken pieces from a damage. Or if you just want to remodel a project. So we also have these vetted, high-quality contract network we offer to our clients who can tap into it. From a growth, the business growth perspective, I would say we delivered record revenues in 2022. We are very proud of that. And obviously, thanks to our phenomenal workforce all across the globe. The interesting thing, Nick, is that it marks our ninth consecutive quarter of top line growth. So very proud of this. And it certainly is a testament to the technology and the people-focused growth strategy that we have. The people who go above and beyond and they're passionate about our purpose and they're passionate about, you know, doing meaningful work for us. And even in terms of our bench strength, we have increased our bench strength of experts across the globe and we continue to be ahead of our hiring goals and continue to look for great people. And Nini, thank you for that. And I know obviously as being a leader in the market and leader in a global market, particularly in an area around, you know, loss adjusting, claims management, often very technical skills, technical expertise, technical experience that people start off learning and people start off in their careers. To have a first-class organization, you need to have great management and leadership as well. I know that employee development, management development is something that you'd like to talk about further today and how you're doing that in Crawford. So yeah, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about how that works within the organization and, and what have some of those outcomes been for you? One of the things that we know from an insurance industry perspective is that we are going through an aging workforce. We are going through an age tsunami. We have seen continuous crew change over the last couple of years, even in the industry. Large majority of our talent is fourth quarter of their career inning. So what we want to do is have a very strategic workforce management approach towards buying and building our talent profile. Now, on the buying side, we are tapping into newer pools. You know, if you fish in the same pond, you get the same fish. So are we looking at uh, different segments, a diverse workforce. But on the building side, which is what uh, you know, your question is, again, we are making significant investment, ensuring that we have people who have the skills that are necessary, being successful today and being successful tomorrow. And number of initiatives are in flight to achieve that. One of the things that I want to say before I share with you some of the initiatives is Crawford's focus on training has been there forever. So since the formation of the company about 80 plus years ago, we are front runners in claims education, and we we 
provided claims education, not just for our own adjusters and workforce, but also for the industry. And we continue to do that, especially on the technical side. So if you look at our strategic uh, plan around training, I would say we have three uh, three vectors, kind of three arrows that we look at. The first one is focus on technical skills and human skills. It's uh, both and. It's not either or. It's both and, and that's important. Technical competence is essential for, uh, it's an essential price of admission, right? You need to have the technical licenses and competencies to be an adjuster. I focus a lot on technical training, our property and casualty training, care and case management training. There's significant amount of focus on that. We also offer certifications like property technical certifications. We offer uh, designations in the industry across the globe, and we have courses that we have developed ourselves, which can provide adjusters with continuing education so that they can continue to renew their license every, at least in the US, it's every 24 months, they continue to renew their license by just going through the continuing education that we provide the technical side. But I also want to focus on emphasis on the human experience and the human skill set, which is critical for us because our adjusters or any of our claims professionals are touching the lives of our claimants or policyholders on one of their worst days in their lives. And we understand how delicate that position is, how difficult that position is, and they could be in a very devastating state of mind. And so we want our adjusters to demonstrate the care and compassion, the empathy towards the claimants or policyholder. We also want them to be good translators and great communicators of interpreting the policies or the scope of damage to the claimant. Uh, we want them to be responsive to the claimants because they're going through, have that sense of urgency because they're going through a devastating experience and they want some quick and ready answers. Responsiveness is key for us. And also resilience. It's a situation where there has been a lot of damage done. And so how do you help in navigating the landscape and helping the uh, claimant come back to normalcy in some ways? So that's uh, the focus on technical and human skills. We have in a number of courses that we have designed just to ensure that our adjusters are reminded of that. Many of us inherently have that. We make sure that when we attract talent that exhibits those competency areas, but we also continue to have courses that will have this at front and center. The second vector is focusing on essential every and vital few. And so we have uh, every employee at Crawford has access to training. Uh, whether you're an adjuster or a nurse, it's the essential every. Whether you're in an, a functional area like IT, finance, HR, uh, marketing, we have learning journeys for each of those areas. And the vital few is our high-performing, high-potential population. We have a program called Emerging Leaders, which we've had for about 15 years. We look uh, really and target a high-performing, best and brightest talent. We bring them uh, together once a year. We give them skill-building workshops, expose them to our senior-most leaders, including CEO and the leadership team. We get allow them to network with each other. And we also give them some business-critical projects to work on and then present to the leadership team. So that's a great program that we have. And we have a very similar program that we have developed with the, a custom-developed program with Emory universities was at a business school, which we haven't run since the pandemic, by the way, so because of just the logistics. But that was another program where we would bring our senior most leaders to come in and go through a very similar uh, experience in developing our future pipeline. And that's kind of the vital few are the best and the brightest that we want to nurture and grow. And the last one that I want to focus on, the last vector, uh, as I said, there are three of them, is the focus on mighty middle. 
So it's kind of the middle level managers that we have. And as you know, the role of managers has been evolving over the years. Uh, they are less of the task pusher, more of the performance coaches. What we were beginning to realize was that a lot of the managers were in the default autopilot kind of mode, and we wanted to reset. We wanted them to unlearn some behaviors and relearn new set of behaviors that we want to focus on in this dynamic kind of uh, world that we are in. And so we launched two years ago, a program called Manager Acceleration Program program map. It's a standard set of courses, standard curriculum, which is offered to all of our 1300 managers globally. So this is kind of the middle, the backbone of the company. What we did was we allowed them to have a standard language, a uniform expectation of what we expect all our managers to exhibit. And this year, we are excited to actually expand that map to uh, early career managers to, you know, kind of beyond map, uh, have some learning tracks and so forth. So that's kind of our, you know, very exciting management development and very exciting training and growth strategy. Fantastic. And we talked earlier about how you're initiating that, you know, local base, designing on a global, but implementing on a local basis. Do you also find that in the industry that you're in, being right at the front end of things when those policyholders are having those claims, do you find that there's a lot of transferable people skills, transferable human skills that maybe some of those adjusters, you know, have anyway quite naturally, you know, that makes them good leaders of team and make them those you know, great performance coaches because they have to have a certain amount of empathy and they have to have those human skills when dealing with people in their biggest time of need. We absolutely do. And that's how we continue to evaluate their capabilities. And they, we also continue to evaluate their aspirations, right? So it's a combination of uh, their ability and aspiration, which determines whether they are ready for that role, that the next year role. And some folks just don't want to do it, right? They don't want to get into the people management aspect of things. And there are others who are raising their hand and uh, based on their, uh, like you rightly said, based on their holistic skill sets and mindset, we are constantly reviewing and progressing them along the career journey. It sounds like you know, a great place to be if you really want to push forward and develop your career very quickly and substantially as well. Nidhi brings us nicely onto the espresso round now with the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point got your black medium roast and your crawford cup i sure do <laughs> are you ready for the espresso round i am the espresso round nearly what would be the one piece of advice you have for executives coming in to interview there at Crawford? You know, one of the pieces of advice I would have is, you know, I say this to the leaders that we hire now, leaders get hired for IQ and fired for EQ. We are a high performing organization without a doubt, as you see in our numbers, our growth results, but we are also rooted in purpose and value and in people first philosophy. Our purpose is to restore lives, businesses, and communities. Our values, actually, you can see it away from the screen because they are on my background. But our value is a core set of values called RESTORE. The word RESTORE is an acronym that encapsulates what we stand for. Respect, empowerment, sustainability, training, one Crawford recognition, and entrepreneurial spirit. So that's what RESTORE stands for. And when we look at the bios of our folks who are applying to us, the bio, CV, resume, whatever, you know, lexicon, 
on you want to use, we certainly look at the accomplishments and the results, but we also want to take a deep dive into their ability to have relational skills. We look for those, how do they inspire and influence the people around them? Do they play well in the sandbox? Do they connect with their clients and drive service excellence? So those relational aspects are very critical for us when they're joining us, because I would say to anybody who's interested at any level, especially at the senior level, this is very critical for us because you would get to drive some very meaningful, rewarding work, but you'd also enjoy the people that you work with and you win with. That's fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like a great place for any A player talent or high performers looking for a new opportunity. Nearly switching things around slightly, looking across to some of your peers in the market, some of those other HR executive leaders within the insurance world. What piece of advice would you have for them as your sort of one golden rule for hiring exceptional talent? My one golden rule would be very similar to what I said, and it's kind of consistent with the theme is, you you hire for attitude, train for skill. I think capability is a combination of competence and character. And sometimes over-index on competence, I would be willing to give somebody who doesn't have much experience, but they have stellar behavior. And so competence can be commoditized in my mind. Character is pure gold. And so how do we look for that character, I would say first is have clarity of value. Does the individual really has clear values, both their own personal values, but also have they given some time in thinking through the finding out what are the values of the organization? Is there a congruency or an alignment between their personal value and the value of the organization? I would also say consistency in what they say and what they have done. So kind of the behavior and results and some of it comes through in the conversations that you'd have with those folks. Creating more of a competency or a value-based interview process or an assessment process uh, to get the individuals who would be the most successful in the culture and, and they will thrive in the culture. Fantastic. Thank you. Final question of the Espresso, Nidhi. In your role as you know, Global Chief People Officer, you, know, you must have sat in a lot of interviews. You must have interviewed a lot of people, both at executive level and also at more operational positions within the business. What's the funniest thing or what's the one thing that comes to mind, most memorable thing that you've ever witnessed in an interview? So I think one of the interesting things is that we at Crawford, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but we try to widen our pool. We look at the folks from other industries where we they have uh, scalable skills. So it could be a construction industry. It could be, a you know, someone who is a military veteran. Uh, so this is an interview that I was doing for an operational role. Uh, and uh, the individual was someone who had spent, I think, about two decades in the construction industry. And they were trying to do a, you know, they were at the crossroad of their career, trying to make a career switch. And so my question to them was, so what gets you very interested in our company and in the claims industry? Why do you want to make the career switch? Their response was very uh, interesting. Their response was because my father-in-law wants me to. <laughs> which is interesting. And I thought we could elaborate more on that. Which is great that he listens to his father-in-law and he's committed to what he says. But my two pieces of advice since then is that if you are going into a new industry or going into a new organization, do the reading and take time to research about the company so that you can actually demonstrate the interest and energy in the process as against kind of sounding somewhat lame in the process. It seems like he, he wanted to have an easier life at home with his home life. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Nidhi, we're almost at the end of our time today in the Insurance Coffee House. You know, really fantastic discussion. Before we finish, do you have one piece of closing advice 
And if there's anybody out there sort of considering a move, maybe they've looked into Crawford and they're considering applying for a role, what would you be your one recommendation to them? Well, my one recommendation to them is I always say that growth is the only guarantee that we will have a better tomorrow. So uh, continue to invest in your personal growth every single day in uh, whatever work that we do, but also choose a company that will invest in you, that will invest in the growth. And at Crawford, I think choosing us is uh, is because as you would have realized from my entire conversation, we are more farmers, right? We invest in our employees. We sow the seeds, we prep the soil, we feed the fertilizer too, but through the education, experience, the exposure that we provide to our employees, and we create the runway for our employees to perform and progress. So uh, I think that's the reason why you come to Crawford. If you want to grow uh, the company and ultimately grow, you know, grow yourself. Certainly the discussion we've had today around the employee development, the management development, the leadership development programs that you have in place there are absolute testament to that so thank you to that Lily will post your contact details we'll put some links to the website on the show notes so listeners can just reach straight through to you there but thank you so much for joining us today it's been really interesting not only to hear about your career but some of those great initiatives that you have there at Crawford it's been a pleasure having you on the show today Thank you so much, Nick. And I do want to thank you for giving our listeners the opportunity to grow every single day through these conversations. So appreciate it. Thank you. Much appreciated. And to all those listeners out there, whether you are an insurance executive, maybe you're an insure tech leader, wherever you're listening around the world today, we thank you for joining us. I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights from what Nidhi's had to say today. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.